Jai. Okay. We're good. We're going right. to need to speak close to the thing. Closer? Yeah. Should I raise this up? Or? I don't think it goes up. It's just like more like... A little closer? Yeah, try to Is just go like this. You will listen to that. Uh-huh. It, list, it, it sounds better when we're really close. If you speak yeah, from it closer. loud, yeah. the way it doesn't sound the same as when <laughs> Okay. Okay, let's do this. All right. That's right there. There's one camera, but usually going to be mainly that. So let's do this. Three, two, one. Hola, YouTube. My name is Ricardo Lino, and I'm a will addict. Welcome to another episode of what I'm starting to call the Shed Podcast. And it's called the Shed because it's the place where my guests stay. But before I present my guests that I got here on my side, let's just play that intro. <laughs> okay, so my guest comes from Hawaii. I'm not gonna say anything about his age. I'm not gonna say anything about his skating. But you'll meet the guy that we have right here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Preston Villanueva. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. So, Preston, for someone who's watching this that don't know you, what's up? How did you end up here? Oh, well, you know, I've been skating for a long time, over 20 years, 25 years. And um, we met in San Diego and... We became friends, and now I'm here to enjoy a little bit of Portugal and hang out. Awesome. Yeah. Good. So, as Preston was just saying, like I think it was not the last time. We also met at the last Blading Cup. It was 2019. It was the my previous time in the U.S. Right. And I actually made a video that day. I was trying. I wasn't really trying because I could, as much as I could try, it would never be... <laughs> I would never succeed, but I was playing a game of skate with, with Sam Croft. That's right, yeah. And you were at that park. And I, I remember. remember you being there. But I've seen you before on social media, mm -hmm. but I never met you in real life. So I, now I know a bit more because you've been here for the last couple of days. Yeah. But a lot of people may be just like I was. I knew about you, but I didn't know about you if that makes sense okay you, you said you've been skating for 25 years i have yeah i did how did you got into skating how old were you and um i was a, probably about 13 years old or so um i was in a roller skater i went to the roller rink quite often um it, on the base that we my dad was stationed at we that was our activity so um we would go hang out i'd race around the rink and do limbo and they had the foosball, so we'd play a lot of that. But um, eventually, um, it was the 90s, and um, blading was pretty big. My cousins in Hawaii had some rollerblades from um, one of the, the sports stores, in yeah. the big department stores. And so they had talked me into getting a pair. We were going to play some roller hockey in the neighborhood. So I vividly remember picking some up and rolling outside and playing hockey with them all summer long, all summer long. And then um, we went home. I, I, my dad was stationed in Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, on an Air Force base. And that summer, I remember seeing vividly on ESPN, the X Games, I think it was X Games or ASA. It might have been ASA Pro Tour. But uh, Randy Spicer and Champion Baumstimler were going head-to-head. -head. And at that time, they are about my age. So... They're doing set, uh, like 720s over the spine and wearing big baggy jeans. And I was like, I, I was blown away. And being an impressionable kid at, my, at that age, I was like, I need to learn how to do that. And so I made a friend with someone at, in my high school. And still to this day, he's one of my best friends. But uh, he saw that I had blades. He, uh, he showed me what Senate was, Team Paradise catalogs. And we became good buddies. And started skating the streets in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is a small country town, you know, a lot of uh, Western histories uh, is passed through that, that city. But uh, we would just go to the skate park and hang out with our skateboarder buddies, and we'd get a lot of uh, flack for rollerblading, but we didn't really care. We just wanted to skate. 
<laughs> around <laughs> what year was that? So you were 13, like uh, yeah. So that was about mid 90s. I actually probably was about 14 or 15 at this time and um, started aggressive skating at my local skate park. Uh, and it was like a really terrible skate park. You know, one of those. It was like had one mani pad, a couple of uh, coping. Uh, sides that you could grind and then a ramp that went up the man mani pad and then a little rail that just went out from it <laughs> a square rail is terrible i've seen you with randy spicer wheels yeah have you done the 720 on the spine already <laughs> never <laughs> still haven't figured it out but no the thing is yeah. you were saying that you started skating at 13 but you used to go to the roller rink so you're saying yeah. that you started skating on inland skates or rollerblades or whatever it was roller skates yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. oh you started roller, roller skating skate. at the age or you, at, you skated at, before no so i i was a hardcore roller skater that was what i chose to do i didn't even want to pick up rollerblades i thought it was you know it, it didn't make sense to me and then uh, my cousins were just like, you got to do it. You got to try it out and roll around outside. And it ended up being a lot more easier to roll around outside on the streets than, than roller skates were. So, yeah. For yeah. someone watching these that may not know. Yeah. You want to explain them why it's easier? Why, why is it easier? I don't know why it is easier. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's, uh, you know, you're a little bit more agile or a little bit more, uh, faster, turns and i don't know it's uh it's not as it doesn't feel as clunky um i hate to say that word but but it for me it did it, it was a little easier to roll around on the streets it was a little smoother so yeah i always say it's because like the wheelbase like the distance between the front wheels and the back wheels that's about your balance point so it's yep. so short right and then the wheels are so wide that in each case you have something like these wide mm -hmm. that can catch a little stone so if you multiply that per two skates, there's like a little cylinder going on the floor, right. waiting to catch a stone. Like inline skates are like such a small thing. Yeah. And the shape of the wheels, even if you get like a little stone, it just spits the wheel, <laughs> yeah. like the little stone. It makes a bit of a difference. You were saying, I know a bit more than the people watching these, probably than most of them. Yeah. But you were saying that um, you were first living in one town, then you moved to another one. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, why did you end up moving from one place to the other? And was what was it? Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming was that like the first place where you lived? Because you said you were born mm -hmm. in Hawaii. Yeah. So I was born in Hawaii. Uh, all of my family live in Hawaii still, um, except my parents. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, uh, so he served in the service for over twenty years. But um, uh, because of that, we were stationed all over. Um, one of the first places we were stationed was in Montana um, when I was a young kid. And then we moved to Okinawa, Japan. Um, and we were there for about three years and made our journey to Wyoming after that. Wyoming was where I made most of my life. Uh, I had elementary school all the way through college. And um, yeah, after college, I ended up going down to Colorado um, skating and living down there and then uh, met someone in uh, Hawaii who actually lived in Seattle, Washington. So I was actually in the Seattle, Washington area for the past 10 years before uh, the pandemic hit. And during the pandemic, I just decided back to move back to Hawaii. So, yeah, so yeah. it's, it's, it's been interesting the, la the past couple of days that I've been with you. It's yeah. like, there's not a lot of people that I'm with that has so many people in common, like oh. friends in common. Right, right, right. It's like it, it's it's insane because <laughs> a lot of people, some people may not know about you. A lot of the Americans do know about you. And it's funny because it's just like you just know everyone. It seems like <laughs> you, you know everyone, you skate with everyone. Yeah, I do. I skate with a lot of different people. Um, I think it, it originated from just living in a small town and wanting to go travel around. Um, a lot of my time was spent going from Cheyenne to Denver to skate um, and then eventually moved down to Colorado but as a teenager we would take trips down to Fort Collins I would meet the guys I the first crew of people that we met or I met was um, uh, these guys who were in um, fast shoes uh, a, a Colorado crew Fort Collins crew they were all sponsored by Kryptonics wheels and these guys were rowdy rowdy bunch rowdy rowdy bunch um, one was named Brian I, and the other guy named Dan, um, very good skaters. And, and they took me skating to one of the famous 
places in Colorado called North High, and they were doing backslides on oxygen skates and um, TR. They had lightning TRS with the CDS grind plates and doing big kink rails and stuff, and I was just blown away. But that was one of my first uh, trips down there. But I ended up knowing just wanting to explore the areas like you know you just come from a small town and you just i know you're the only person in the <laughs> town that's skating and you're just like i need to find more people like me so uh, you know i met more people in wyoming and colorado and it just kind of became a thing and you know it was part of my skating life was just meeting people and because i've lived in so many different places it was just easy for me to pick it up and meet someone that was skating and then we just became immediate friends best friends you know so i really see myself in that story i know you, you yeah, are right now in my in my hometown <laughs> like it's kind of like this is where i grew up right yeah until i was 18 and it's just like it's such a small town it still is mm -hmm. and like especially after traveling and seeing other places coming back here yeah i love it but yeah <laughs> it's weird to come back and revisit your first stop spots that you skated you showed me the your curves that you were skating when you were a kid <laughs> and stuff that's and it's like oh man i just remember you know the first rails that you're doing and those first curves that you wax up and stuff and i remember being just like my step on my house in in the base housing i just waxed it up and was doing stalls on on there i had like bravo blades or whatever with the ab a uh, automatic brake system and I never even, I don't even think I took the break off. I just skated around. I used to deliver newspapers on my rollerblades <laughs> in as the it, snow. In as the like snow, yeah. as a job? Yeah, as a job. That was my thing, you know? Like in the, in the 90s, it, that was the way people got their news was through newspapers. So every morning you wake up. And I have no idea. I've seen that in movies a lot. Yeah. How much do people get paid for that? I have no <laughs> idea. Sorry. It's like this, this yeah. is like the, probably no. the ignorant European that live in a small <laughs> town with like 10,000 people. That no, we, we sold subscriptions. So I, I had a route of like three streets and then probably like 50 subscribers and each of them would pay probably like i don't know maybe 10 bucks a month for it so i'd have to go and collect money from them yeah and how much would that be for you as a kid um like i, I it was probably a good amount I, I don't remember how much but it was enough for me to you know buy, the, buy is, skates and stuff i have and no clothes. idea what is that is it like 100 <laughs> bucks a month 100 bucks a month it, it was probably like three or five three to three to five hundred bucks just depending on how big your a a month? Was, that's yeah. more than some pro skaters get paid you have a lot of pro skater friends <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and this is back in the day too <laughs> you, you've been around a lot of pro skaters uh-huh yeah do you live did you live with any pro skaters or any yeah um i used to live with uh josiah blee in seattle yeah um that was a lot of fun hanging out with him and skating he learned i learned a lot you know so who was today I live with? Um, uh, pros, I didn't really live with too much, but I was around, I skated a lot with them. Like, for example, um, down in Colorado, I know Brian Aragon. He's a good friend of mine. He just would, you know, we'd see each other at the skate park and he'd always remember my name. And it's just a fun, fun thing to be like recognized by someone that's your, yeah. your role model, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that is like, <laughs> it's so weird. Just like when you go some places and like these people that you would never expect them to even know who you are, mm -hmm. come to say, hey, what's up? <laughs> That's awesome. And did you ever went like the competition way, or did you ever compete and uh, try to <laughs> to do that part of skating, or was never your thing? I I never took competition too seriously. Um, I actually the first time I competed was in uh, the late '90s. I remember. There was this big skate park um, in Colorado or Denver called the. It was in in the Stapleton area. It was just outside of the Denver area, but it was a big metal um, uh, skate park. And so this is before they started making multi-million dollar skate parks. Before Denver Denver Park was built, but um, we went there. They had they opened with a big skate contest, and I watched the Benders skate, and they. I'm pretty sure they they won during that time but um <laughs> i did my run and i remember trying to do unity and i tried to moon the crowd i just wasn't taking it too seriously and i remember <laughs> falling and just it was it was just terrible but uh after that i never really took it seriously i think the last the next time i took a uh, contest seriously was 
I snuck into the vet cup. <laughs> okay. you, you had to meet the criteria, and I, I didn't. I think I had only made two out of the three criteria, but I was like, I, I got to try to skate. You know, skate with. Did it allow you to heroes. skate? Uh, luckily, luckily, John let me let me skate it. So it was really nice. It was fun. I think it was the first time they had the vet cup. But was that 2019 or? Is prior to that. Yeah, it was the one they had the contest um, at uh, a warehouse. I forgot what the name of the word. The mm. yeah, it, I think it was. Uh, what year was it? 2017. I don't know. It was, it was prior, but they had a down couple of down boxes and then down rail in the middle oh it was like yeah. a protection company yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one. name of that i don't i'm trying to remember right 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 yeah and uh, i remember just it was there was a lot of energy there's a lot of hype and i think spizer had actually just come back and started skating again and he did one a classic top sole true sole on of the freaking yeah it was gnarly but uh so s super stoked and that was like the uh, it got me hyped and i i kind of wanted to try it again just you know, you get older and you want to push yourself and see what happens. But yeah, I'm not, not too big into competitions. You just told me how old you are. <laughs> you don't seem like that. I uh, know. It's, it's, uh, it's weird to even think that I'm... For I'm anyone talking. watching this, please, before, before <laughs> he even tells his age, just please write it down in the comments. And then in like the next minute, he might say it. Because I didn't believe. Right. <laughs> how old are you? Uh, yes, um, 41. We're the same age. Yeah. Like so yeah. Much older. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing is like you lived in a lot of places with snow. Yeah. 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 Were you ever into skiing? Um, no, not skiing so much. I was into snowboarding. Uh, you know, I think in the early 2000s, as a lot of my friends were just doing it. So, um, and they, they, they're some of my blader buddies, and they're just like, hey, you should come snowboard with us. And actually, the first time I went snowboarding, I got a concussion. <laughs> That's why but I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I still enjoyed it. I did it for a few more years after that, but it just, it got really expensive and it wasn't really my thing. And I think blading was more uh, my draw. You know, I really enjoyed it and I liked hanging out and not having to pay huge uh, prices so to, to go to snowboard. So, yeah, but you live in Hawaii. I know. I know you don't I need know. to pay to get in the water. <laughs> do you surf? Um, I very seldomly, I, I, I've surfed, uh, once this year at my, in my aunt's place in Maui. So that was a lot of fun, but I don't even think I caught a wave. <laughs> the, the thing is like, I started surfing when I was young, not, not surfing. A lot of people call it boogie boarding, but somehow boogie boarding is a big thing in Portugal and uh -huh. whatever. It's still a big thing. I used to compete and stuff, Nice. but I always had the idea of Hawaii of having like really big waves. Of course, it's what we see. It's the same Portugal. A lot of people see those waves in Nazareth. It doesn't mean that it's like that everywhere. But right. is there places with small waves in Hawaii? There is, yeah. I think the best place is probably Waikiki. They just have the, the nice, perfect waves. The, the only problem is it's just so crowded. crowded and so you Fight. can't even... Yeah, you're fighting with other people to get the wave. And uh, But that one, that, that spot's really nice. Um, I pref pref preferably, um, or I prefer going to Maui because... Uh, there's some parts of that spot that you can just go up to. There's not too many people, and, and the waves are not that big, so it's e it's easier to to get in and be an entry level surfer there. So to be yeah. an entry level surfer, skates. <laughs> Question. Yeah. There used to be like a really awesome crew of Hawaiian skaters. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. on the Battle Micro videos, some right, of my yeah. favorite parts are from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up with those guys? Yeah, so um, actually it's kind of funny that you mentioned that um, one of the main guys from that crew, um, that most of them were from Maui that you'd, we'd see in the Battle My Crew. Um, but the main crew now, there's a lot of guys on in Oahu that are skating the Aloha Blade, Blade Crew. Uh, those guys are awesome. They just always show people around. But um, Michael Keeney was one of the main guys who used to film. He used to film for FP, um, and he made a lot of connections with uh, with those guys. But his his crew of people, um, they all fell off early, um, like in the early 2000s. But they used to kill it. They used to do some really, really hard tricks and, you know. Very stylish. I remember, very stylish, I remember some yeah. of the best root top souls I told you the other day. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but I remember, I think it was Keith Bustamante. Is that? Kiahi Bustamante. There yeah. was that. I remember, yeah. I think it was him doing like a true top soul on the, on a ledge that was 
long, flat, and then curved. Uh-huh. I remember watching that and going out to the spots that I should yeah, today yeah. and trying to do it. Like I remember the Hawaiian guy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and there's there's many 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 talented guys. Um, one of one of them one of the favorite my favorite uh, skaters from that crew was actually Michael Keeney's brother, Caleb Keeney. Um, I remember him being probably one of the younger guys in the crew, and I remember going out there when I was young and making contact with them. And this is before the internet, right? So we, w- we would, uh, I, I think I met one of their friends in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and he told me, hey, when you go to Hawaii, contact these guys. So luckily when I contacted them, I was hanging out there this summer and they're visiting their grandfather in uh, Kaneohe, which is on the other side of the island from me. And uh, uh, Michael's brother invited me to come skate and um, we, we met up. They skated all day. I watched them skate, and they're killing it. They're filming for their video. And uh, coincidentally, it was the first time that those guys, uh, they, they, one of those guys introduced me to weed, and they're smoking all kinds of pot and stuff. And, um, but uh, they, they were quite the crew. I remember them killing it, and I've never seen anybody, any people that t- took it seriously like that at that time. Uh, most people were just... Hanging out, skating, and was that before stuff. meeting the guys in Colorado or after? This was um, probably before meeting everyone in Colorado. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if you would put them on on a competition, would be better the the fast shoes guys or the uh-huh. Hawaiian guys? The Hawaiian guys were definitely more tech. Um, they're they're much more advanced in, in their skating styles and stuff. So yeah, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you were saying something which I find it quite interesting. I've experienced the same, but. You said something about s- through skating, you made friends with people that you never met. So you came back to Hawaii, and after coming from yeah, Wyoming, and they just said, like, just contact these guys. And have you experienced that lately? Is that something that you still experience as much? Or you think it was that type of connection was stronger prior to internet, or it's the same? Um, I think it's probably about the same i feel like the internet or social media and things have strengthened being able to make connections with people um you i mean you're able to talk with them prior to actually meeting up or you know seeing them um back then you didn't even i didn't even know what they look like you know you couldn't see a picture or anything you just heard about them and you trusted trusted your friend that that said hey meet up with these other people you know so I kind of feel. I don't know if you feel the same for me. It kind of feels like keeping your way of thinking. It kind of feels like um, the networks just became bigger. Yeah. If you would have access to one or two people, because you would need to find ways to contact them nowadays, you just write the name. Yeah. On Instagram, and it's at the distance of a search button, and it really is. Yeah. About it. Yeah. I mean, you follow now. Nowadays, you can follow people that you have interest in their skating and. You know, just send send messages, and then eventually you can can become friends, and they're, you know, people that you can make a connection with and hang out with. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like how much closer it. it it's cool, but at the same time, it kind of also loses a bit of the magic, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's I like I imagine, like you remember these times for sure, like watching Daily Bread and like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy. Very randomly, you could maybe see them one day in a street spot if you'd be in San Diego, maybe, or you could go to a competition and see them, yeah, but how often would you be able to contact them like you are today and maybe even becoming friends? So it's just so much easier for things to happen. Not that it's bad, it's just like... Yeah, right, right, right. Things are more possible. Um, I know that for a couple of years you lived from skating what did you do oh um you did work with a couple brands i did i I worked with k2 for a little while actually the the reason i got on k2 they were having a um they had a marketing manager who actually i don't think he really knew uh what he was doing he came from um snowshoe background what's his name uh his name is carmy and um he doesn't work for the was that after Mike Powell? This is after Mike Powell. Mike, yeah, Mike was the one. Mike actually, he had a lot of uh, input in helping, or he had a lot to help with me getting into K2 actually okay. at the time too. He's from Seattle too, right? He is, yeah. He lives in West Seattle. Um, so he had 
left the company, and so Carmi was somebody that took over for him. Um, and I think he didn't really know how to re reach out to the skating community, so they had asked for ambassadors for the company. And I was like, sure, just try it, see what happens. Um, and then I ended up getting an email from him. He had me come down and meet with him and Rachel. Rachel was the skate engineer at the time. And they were just showing me what they were working on. This was prior to the K2 and Naturals um, being out there. And yeah, they just wanted us to skate the skates and show, show them off and were you know, you, try were to you try able to, help to it. Sorry. Yeah. Were, were you able to give them any consulting, like on who would be someone to be good to be on a team and stuff like that? Um, I, you know, you you kind of give your input, but for the most part, I think they were limited on who they could uh, bring on. They were mostly just giving away products at the time, so um, you know, and, and they'd ask us for feedback on the equipment and stuff. But for the most part, I think they had already chosen how they were going to build the skate and then put it out. So our, our feedback wasn't really, it was taken into consideration, but used for the next couple of years, you know, so. Have you seen anything slow. happening with your feedback after? Uh, you know, yeah, there was, you, we, we helped with the, with a little bit of the backslide plate for the new unnatural. Cause it, it kind of, it was kind of funky. It was a little too deep and stuff. And the, and the frame was a little, little weird for us but um you know we we gave whatever we could and they they took the information but for the most part i think they had their own ideas of what they wanted to do so yeah it was it was tough to work with them in, in that respect but you know it was fun it was just we were getting free skates and we were hanging out and they had the indoor ramp that we were able to use so that was fun and i just oh, give them material really? what, what ramp so. did they have uh they had this like wooden it was like a half of a bowl um it was really fun but they, it was private. You, nobody else could skate it except K2 employees. And then they started inviting their ambassadors to skate it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We would go there. It was, I mean, Seattle's super rainy. So we'd try to get under cover as much as possible. And that was, that we'd always be like, hey, can we skate the ramp? So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, how many people were that ambassadors? Um, yeah. There was me. Actually, Gabby was one. <laughs> I remember Gabby. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I think Richard Williams was one at the time. Uh, Jimmy from um, Cleveland, and who else? I, I ended up bringing my friend Brandon Weller from Seattle on. Um, okay, I was going to ask how, how were you able to skate as we if you you had to find a friend to. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, yeah, I was like, I can't just skate and by myself and film this. I got to have somebody to do it with, but. You know, could we give him skates as well too, so I can film him? So that was kind of the deal, and that you know they're okay with that. You know, it's free equipment. Yeah, for anyway, such so a big company. I know exactly. Yeah. Not <laughs> it's nothing. Did you yeah. ever add any connection to any other company, any skate company? Um, uh, so I through my connections at K two, I ended up uh, working with a company, uh, Skate IA, which is Skate Instructors Association. Uh, I met Trish um, through. A couple of people actually actually was working with a skate shop at that time um, in Seattle called Skate Crazy, and they shared space with um, the distribu distribution for North America of Seba. Um, Naomi was was taking care of that, and I met those two. Um, they put me in contact with Trish, who was doing Skate IA um, and Skate. She also does a skate school called Skate Journeys in Seattle. And so um, I worked with them for a while. She taught me how to teach others to skate. And she asked me if I wanted to become a certified instructor. So um, I did that for a little bit. And then um, she helped, helped me to certify other people um, with, that, with that certification. Be Free came through. I taught him how to teach others. Eric Garcia came with him at that time. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to just be part of, be part of that. And you felt like you're growing a community of, of uh, new skaters. So, um, and I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy teaching. Were you able to do it full time as a full time job? Um, yeah. So I actually did it there. Uh, I did a summer camp with Trish, uh, me and some of my best friends. We just taught kids to skate. We played games. We were on and off skates. And at, by the end of the week, they had did like a little talent show. And so it was fun. It was, we just showed off their skating but mostly it was just like hanging out with kids and and them enjoying um 
skating, you know. Yeah, so. but you did it. You were able to do it full time, like a full time job. Yeah, or? yeah, I was able to do a full time job. And for how long were you able to? I did it for a summer. Um, I did that for a summer, and then uh, I also taught at her school a couple times. But but it was also mostly on the weekends at that time. But the summertime was when we were basically working full time because it was like from the morning up until three or. Yeah, I can imagine Seattle raining so much it must be hard <laughs> to. Is there indoors? indoor places in seattle where There's people can teach all over like all year long or something um for teaching not necessarily because those indoor parks were normally own, owned by skateboard companies or um the city owned it and we didn't really have programs that were set up with the city so yeah oh. i know this it's there's so many hurdles that have jumped to just try to get um in there and try to teach but with with Trisha's program, is she had her own space, so that was cool. We, you know, um, it just wasn't our space to teach our own things. And I, in my heart, I really wanted to teach kids to grind and do errors and hit the skate park. Yeah. Know, so, but I, for someone watching these who doesn't know what skate IA is, basically, it's a program to certify people out there to teach others to skate and mm -hmm. they started first in seattle yeah with trish yeah. right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. now they've been going international they've been doing certifications all over there's mm -hmm. been a couple in europe there's been a couple all over the place i do know that and the truth is the more instructors there is out there the more people will get into skating and yes Absolutely. i have, i'm one of those that i I want <laughs> to see more people doing grinds and all that but i'm also one of those that always says the same it's like <laughs> is I'm one of those that that always says the same, which is we need more people on skates, and then once they're comfortable with the skates, they will choose. Some will want to Absolutely. play hockey. Some will want to play. Yeah. Some will want to dance or yeah. you know whatever whatever. Some will just boat. want to fitness, whatever. Mm -hmm. Some will yeah. some Speed will speed. not want to skate anymore, which is normal. But the more we get on skates, the more we will have the possibility that it will turn into yeah, absolutely parks and right. stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed working with her. You know, I, I did a, um, I had an opportunity to teach kids in Park City, Utah with Trish. And uh, the, the reason was the U.S. Olympic Committee was trying to recruit kids to join their um, speed skating teams. But uh, first, they needed kids to be on skates in order to yeah, recruit from them. That's what we're saying. Just so, like, yeah. you need, they need the basics to then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. And... Did you ever had any other connection with any skate brand or something like that? Or other than that, you've been mainly skating for yourself? Must have been skating for myself. Yeah. Must have been just hanging out. Um, I, <laughs> I think I, I had one bearing company that sponsored me in Seattle. It was a, a called Yellow Jacket Bearings. And, and they were a skateboard company, but I think they sold mostly bearings on Amazon. And, and uh, they weren't really too into the to uh, skateboarding community, but they were trying. And so they gave me free bearings and I usually would hand them to my fast. friends. Uh, <laughs> they're okay, they're okay. I think they're mostly just cheap. They're just like skateboard bearings that one, you know, if you wanted them for affordable price and you wanted to beat them up, that was, that's yeah, what you need. We were actually talking about that today because you were like, you were telling me how picky you are with some frames being slower or faster <laughs> right. skate flat i'm i'm picky sometimes but i remember when i used to skate professionally uh -huh. <laughs> when i used to skate like for a brand like differently i don't know when i used to skate for usd i i just didn't care about bearings at all i skated no. i skated anti-rocker <laughs> anti 54 or 55 don't ask me why or how but whatever i did it <laughs> It made sense at the time to do top sides with that. It was easier. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> a lot of times I remember getting, trying to get like the lowest A-back bearings. It's usually it's known like the A-back being like, it's about precision. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like the lowest A-back, the more grease <laughs> there will be on the, on the bearing. So the more they would last, you know, like oh, instead yeah. of getting that <laughs> bearing that just don't last right it's getting right. anti-rocker i just used to be like that <laughs> whatever so you were saying that you lived in seattle up until the pandemic yeah what happened through the pandemic for you 
Um, yeah, through the pandemic, actually, it was, it's strange to think about. What were you doing as a job before the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Happened? So before the pandemic, I was a recruiter, tech, tech recruiter for companies in Seattle. And, um, you know, just office job. Um, and I was starting to grow tired of it. Uh, it just felt um, like something I didn't really want to do anymore. Um, that, that world can be, it's judgy. And it just, it just wasn't me. Um, I felt like I was wasting my, my life in the office. And so one of my best friends, she was like, do you enjoy what you're doing? I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, why don't you go do something else? So I left and that's when I started teaching more, doing a little bit more, um, more classes, private, private lessons and things like that. But I also, um, I ended up working at a pot store <laughs> as a bud tender. And that was a lot of fun because it gave me a lot of time to skate. And during the pandemic, it, it hit really hard. And we, th we were an essential worker, so I was able to, to still work. But my, my shift was in the evening. So Seattle gets pretty dark pretty quickly. And you can't really skate in the evening. It gets a little wet and kind of ter terrible to skate. But during the day, it left a lot of time for me to, to skate. And um, one of the few people that were free to skate was Alex Brosco and my other buddy, uh, Chad Anthony. So we would meet up and skate skate parks or whatever, and then I'd go to work. <laughs> but you're, wh why did you left Seattle then? Uh, why did I leave Seattle? Um, at the time, my best friend and I, we had uh, a place living together. A couple of my best friends, we were just living in a house. It was awesome. But the homeowners had moved back um, from Mexico to reclaim their home. And uh, I didn't really feel like living in Seattle anymore, like the cost of living was getting high. So I was just like, I, I'm going to do something else. And it, in fact, I was actually going to move back to Colorado um, just to be around family and then um, I got an opportunity to house it for a family member and I moved back to Hawaii and I was like, well, temporary, it'll be chill, just hanging out here during the pandemic and kind of hiding out. But then I realized I had never lived there, you know, my whole life. I'd go visit family and hang out, but this was the first time that I had stayed put and I was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to go sell all my stuff in Seattle. And out of my uh, storage unit, I ended up selling all that stuff down there. I had my my vehicle and one of my a couple of my buddies. The, I don't know if you guys heard these guys, the um, the cousins. <laughs> they're they're a duo of guys that I met in Seattle. They actually didn't uh, rollerblade before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, we met them and they started picking up skates. I, I gave them one of the guys free pair of skates during a donate and skate that my friend Alan Clark put on. And then his, he introduced his skateboard buddy to blading, and then they started skating. But those guys had invited me to come with them on the trip to Oakland to a skate contest. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to sell all my stuff here in Seattle. And I went down. This is like in 2021, 2020. I forgot what year it was. It was just like um, shortly after, the, I think it was 2021, after I had moved to Hawaii. And then we, I went down there, and I was like, I got to sell my my. CRV guys like uh, and Cameron Talbot at the time was like, hey, actually, I might buy your car. It's <laughs> like, yeah, is that buy. his car? Because I've, I've been in. I don't remember. I'm trying no. to remember his car. <laughs> so, I, I was with him like last time I was in San Francisco. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I don't remember what car. Nah, he, at that time, I think he had like three cars or something. At the time, so he's kind of he's like, yeah, I'll buy it. And he talked me down to a price, and I was like, screw it, man, I'll, I'll sell it to you. And he's like, nah, never mind, I won't buy it. And so I was like, all right, well. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the, those guys are like, we're still going to San Diego. If you want to come, like you hop in the car or you could drive down there. And I was like, I don't really want to drive further. And Yvonne Narez messaged me out of nowhere. And he's like, hey, man, you still selling your, your CRV? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll buy it. I was like, cool. <laughs> so I drove it over to his house and uh, he's like, hey, you want to stay over the house? He invited me and my, my buddies, the cousins, to hang out and he showed us around in his place. It was this freaking Willy Wonka wonderland in there. And uh, he bought my vehicle, and then I kept my journey going. <laughs> so it was really, it was cool. It was really nice. I was able to skate more California parks that year. So, Sick. yeah. And what do you do in Hawaii now? Now in Hawaii, I'm a, I work as a bartender at a luau. Um, so luau is a party on the beach where they're, they do the hula, and then there's food being served, a pig that is roasted in the ground and you know i'm a bartender and just mostly serving tourists there's all beach drinks 
and it's a lot of fun. I go to the I work go to the beach, hang out, wear my Hawaiian shirt, serve the drinks, hang out with one of my best buddy, buddies who rollerblades with me. He's a first aid guy. His name is Joey, and he just started back into blading recently too. So it's been fun to have that energy where you're like, I've been skating for a long time, but this guy quit like right after the. 2000 early 2000 yeah like when the, when things started going yeah out. and then he picked it up during the pandemic he's like hey man i used to do this i used to really enjoy it and picked up a pair of uh, actually when i first met him he had the alex brosco rb like the band-aid skates oh, yeah. <laughs> which ones the, the black or the, no, the brown the very first one the brown and yeah. the red ones yeah and uh i was like well you got to get rid of those but he started skating them and then now we're just best friends. We we skate all the time. He films all the time. How did he? How did he felt when he told him? I'm sure he told him. I I used to skate with Brosco. Uh, <laughs> he's like, like <laughs> oh, <you have> <laughs> the guy that the never do Yeah, I don't know. He he. Uh, I I I think he it didn't really sink in for him. I think mostly it was just like everything was new to him. So it was just like, and but he left off skating. You know, it was like right before, like where the hammers were. It was like. Yeah. And so in, when he came back to skating, I think he felt like he still needed to show off the hammers and that sort of thing. And like, I was like, we've changed, man. Like a lot of our skating is just, you know, we just... You don't need to die You now. don't need to die now. <laughs> You're still cool without yeah. dying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can still be friends. Yeah. Be friends. <laughs> uh, but I've seen you also as like, you also have a project, a different project in Hawaii that you made some... Mm. Is it rugs that I call it? Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah, seen exactly. I've seen you making some. I love yeah, them. And you yeah, make yeah. some. You made some with like some standard logos yeah, and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. So actually, it was really funny. Uh, right before I left Seattle, my my good buddy that I was hanging out with uh, um, Evie, he was he's very into um, fashion and um, just new new trendy things. And he was like, "Hey, man, you gotta check out this." check out this rug rug video these guys are making rugs i was like yeah whatever that's that's cool and he's like you know what you know what man we should make uh us the usd logo or the razor double r logo <laughs> it's like mm, I, not really for me but uh it, i was i was still intrigued and so when i moved to hawaii i was kind of bored and i looked up you know, on Facebook, not the USD or the razors, but I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I, I was like, I had my own ideas and I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll find the, uh, equipment and see what happens. So I ended up buying a, the rug gun from some guy on Facebook marketplace. And the, one of the first rugs I tried to attempt was a super S, uh, the Senate super S because it was just like, you know, it was the what first does that mean? Attempt attempt. Yeah. Uh, it just did to, it try, to try to make it, you know? Yeah, no, no, but did, did, was it that bad? It was terrible. It was terrible. Because for you to call it a test. It didn't even make it through. Like, uh, there, there's been so many hurdles of trying to do this new hobby. But I was uh, I was very determined. I was like, man, I, I got all this stuff. And I was just like, I got to try to make one. So um, I ended up, you know, watching a bunch more YouTube videos and figuring it out. And now it's just like this fun hobby that I do. It's just just like uh, blading, you know, just kind of keep trying it. But over you sell and over them again. too, right? I sell. I sold a couple. Yeah, I've sold a bunch actually. What's um, the website so people watching this they can maybe yeah, order one? Yeah, yeah. You can go to uh, my Instagram. Send, uh, send it rugs is the name of the. Send Instagram. it. Send it. Yeah, send it. Send just it. like because I was just like you know you got to figure it out. You got to send <laughs> it. You put it through. Send send the yarn through. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of a fun thing, and I, I was like starting to make a bunch of uh my first successful one was a senate halo so i made that i actually ma i made a dead dead logo that was that was really fun i made a hole in there so i had to patch it but uh megan peterson ended up buying that one so that was really cool i i, I, I did a trade with her so that was fun i want to buy one for the for the park to put at the entrance oh yeah 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 yes. dude that'd, Is, be, that'd be fun do you ship can you ship worldwide or something I, yeah, I, I ship. I've mostly shipped to the U.S., but yeah, I can ship worldwide. Yes, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the, my favorite one that I had made uh, maybe a year ago, um, the last fall blading cup. I was just showing them off just because it was like you know, just see what happens, see what people think of them, and whatnot. Make but, money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Sizemore had stopped, and he was like, "Oh wow, like this is amazing." Him and his wife were very you know nice and they they give me a bunch of compliments and he came back later and he's like hey can you make uh make one for for me i was like sure i was like what do you want and he's like it's gonna be a gift for ivano's his birthday so i was like all right cool 
And then about a month later, I finished it. It was a Hermano's rug, so it looked like a Mexican blanket. It was very colorful. It was the first one that I had done outside of making skate logos. And I was like, damn, if I could do this, I can do all kinds of different things. So that was one that really inspired me to like go outside of doing more skate logos and stuff like that. But I, mean, I was super proud of that one. I sent that over to Yvonne. He has it displayed, I think, in front of his TV or something. So Sad. that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the whole floor of the park with a rug. <laughs> <laughs> you wop your feet off and skate. I'll so. put it in front of the rail. It's going to be helpful sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you had something cool going on for a couple of years in Seattle. Oh, yeah. You want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I used to, to organize this uh, event called the Northwest Shred Tour. Um, and that went about for 10 years before I left. Um, but basically, it was just, uh, it, it was inspired from the Northwest Shred Tour, or the, the uh, Shred Till You're Dead Tour. Those guys would come and they did their thing. They did their videos. Twice. Yeah, twice, twice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that'd be fun to, to go with your friends and do that. Like, I was like, I used to go to the Colorado road trip as a, as a, you know, when I was living down there in Colorado and I just couldn't make it back home to Colorado for a few years to, to join them. It was always on my birthday, you know, like they always do at the beginning of August. So, um, I ended up, it was just like, I asked my friends, Carter and JT, I was just like, Hey man, you guys want to do this thing? You guys want to go camp around? He was like, yeah, like these are the spots we should go check out. So, um, I ended up making, uh, plans with a guy down in Oregon. His name is Travis Steensley. He used to work with the Mind Game team back in the day, and he's like, "Yeah, we should go check out all these Oregon places." And it just became a big thing. The first year, it was just like a trial and error. You know, we we camped on some some rocks, and there we couldn't even have a fire the first night. And uh, it was just like we kind of made do. You know, um, that was the first year. We we had probably about fifty people, but the next year we organized a little bit better and. Uh, invited my friends from NorCal and they came up and they were just flabbergasted. I think our first park on that tour was like the Hood River Park. You know, it was like the, it's in the forest. It has yes, a big yes, awning. Yeah. Yes. And, the one uh, that has the covered part, but then there's yeah. like the channel. Like yeah. And uh, it's just crazy because that year, I think the Haitian Mag guys were coming through and they just heard about it through the grapevine. So they joined just for a day to hang out. Ross Coon, I think, was there for a little bit. But, um, then we kept moving around. We went down south, and uh, the North, the NorCal guys all came and met up with us. And I think at that time we just started getting like a hundred people to come, and it was crazy. I remember going to one skate park, and my, one of my friends started tagging the skate park, just like Northwest Shred Tour. I forget what year it was, twenty fifteen or something like that. And then the locals started getting really upset with him tagging these. And they were kids. They were just like 15 or 16-year-old kids. Uh, they went oh and got God. their 20-year-old brother to come down and, like, confront my friend. And uh, a big skate park brawl broke out. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, like, this wild thing. I was just trying to break it up. And, like, all these guys are just, like, fighting oh, each other. And we, we were like, yo, we got to leave. So we Was there a Garcia there? Uh, I think Garcia was there. Uh, Keen was probably there. You know, like, <laughs> they, they just, it was just wild. And Eric, I knew about it. <laughs> but it, it was a, the funniest thing is like we after we left that skate park because we scrambled, we all met up and we started talking about the experience and we were just like, this is that was crazy that that happened. But it kind of it was weird because it was like kicked off the, the tour and we all became closer at that time. And it was good. Yeah, yeah sometimes crazy. stuff like that is stuff when like, people yeah. get together. Yeah, yeah. it's. For someone that don't know what the shred till your death is, the thing is, the shredder, yeah. For us uh -huh. that have been skating nonstop for so long, all these things are just part of what we've been going through over the past 20, 15, 10, 5, whatever. But there's a lot of people that got back into skating mm -hmm. through the pandemic, right. especially a lot of the people that watch what I do. And it's, it's insane. I've been kind of like tracking. Through, through traveling, I've been finding out so many people that got through skating through the pandemic. So that's why I'm explaining all these things. Yeah. It's like Shred Till, till Your Dad was like probably the best skaters or some of the yeah, best, some of the best transition them. skaters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like Stockwell, Effie. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Yeah. Who else? A story there too. Probably, yeah, they yeah. probably stopped it. Yeah, there was a, a 
some of the best transition skaters. Mm -hmm. They just made this tour, and the Northwest is like just this area above San Francisco, which is Washington, Oregon, Washington, uh, Montana, Idaho. These yeah. these states, yeah. And, and it's known for having some of the best skate parks. And Biggest parks. bowl parks, yeah. And it's just insane, 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 huge, huge parks in the in the middle of the forests, um, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so it made perfect for road trips and camping and being out in the middle of the woods. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. What do you think about this whole thing that I was just talking right now about all these people coming back into skating after the pandemic? Oh, Did you have a lot of you said that you have someone working with you that just got back through skating? Yeah. To skating through the pandemic. Yeah. Is yeah. there a lot? Of, you also said like the Hawaiian crew is getting back. Yeah, they're all coming back. They're dusting off the blades, you know, they're trying to figure out their, the new equipment that's out there. Cause when they left the equipment was just grind plates and tumor yeah. plates and then things like that. So is there yeah. shops in Hawaii? Uh, not now, but I think them is starting to send skates to one of our, uh, bike stores, like the bike factory. I think they started getting eighties and some of the equipment that that that's cool. makes. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to have, opportunity to try skates on you know and in person so and what about the regular skater do you have a lot of the regular not the not just aggressive skaters but do mm -hmm. you have a lot of regular skaters like the the recreational skater yeah or urban skaters do you have a yeah. lot of that in hawaii yeah actually you do you have a lot of people that just want to be rec skating and cruising around on get the togethers like on a day a week or something like that do you have um that? I think the roller skate crews, they get together, they do their dances and hangouts on Friday nights at, at one of their main beaches. Um, yeah. So that's really nice to see. We, we participate in it every once in a while whenever they have it. But actually, there is a skate shop that they just started uh, selling uh, roller skates and, and some power slide products, but it's like a pop-up. So it shows up yeah. twice a month or something yeah. like that. But right you now. don't have like a, a urban skating day in Oahu or something like that. No, 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 no. But it's kind of funny that you mentioned urban skating because it's like, I think a lot of those folks that do that, they're just solo skaters. They love to just go by themselves because one of my coworkers, um, he found out that I was, he found out that I was a skater through Instagram or through the word of mouth in the workplace. And he was adamant and showing me his skates. He's brought them in. He's like, hey, man, I also skate. Like, check this out, you know. And I was like, oh, when do you go? He's like, I usually just skate by myself, you know, just cruising around. So, you know, it's an, it's, and it's a nice thing. They just like to go out, get the exercise in. Have you ever cool. heard about dust? Yeah, yeah. Denver Urban Skate uh, Troops. Troops, oh, okay, Dur yeah, yeah. Durban Urban Skating, yeah, Urban Skating yeah, Troops. Yeah. And it started like that. A bunch of skaters That's right, yeah. that used to skate by themselves. And then they started getting together. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, it's they have different routes. They have different levels. Yeah. They, all, they have more than one. I think they have more than one day. I don't know if they have more than one day that they get together. But I know that they have everything planned to the the point there's like there's like the yellow route the blue route the green program saying the colors wrong but like uh -huh. and then depending on the color there's like the skill level oh that's cool and it's insane the amount of people and it's all new skaters to the point that the last time that i was in denver uh -huh. brian arrogant was telling yeah, yeah. me that he showed up to one of them mm -hmm. and it's so many the skaters are so new that no one knew Brian. <laughs> so one of the kids went to Brian Erickson and told him, do you ski? Uh -oh. <laughs> you have so much control on those things. <laughs> Can you imagine he I shows know. up in a thing with like 70 or 80 people and no one knows. No one's even, yeah. <laughs> it's like Brian Erickson is like. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but it's, that's why I was asking. It's like, I've been watching a lot of these groups that were either very small or the, the or that was just an existent like good example of that would be dust mm -hmm. also in denver also in dallas they started like a group that has been growing yeah every week yeah i remember jan doing one in austin i think the groups got really big out there where but he was that's, just rolling around that's what i was trying to say is mm -hmm. like if someone in a is like just it's, it starts as two like in in south africa we started doing something when i used to live there yeah 
when we first started the shop. I would never think of that, but my wife was like, yeah, we should start like a WhatsApp group and we just yeah. start whenever people buy skates, we add them to this group and we get a day per week that we get together. And the thing yeah. started growing to the point that nowadays, I think there's no more space on that WhatsApp group. It's 250 mm. people and then people yeah. need to go to Telegram. I, I don't know enough about that, but the truth is, all it needs is someone, someone to, take to, the initiative. to just say like just yeah. start something like another one the last time i saw you before the last time i was in the us like 2019 yeah. yeah before i met you in san diego i came from new york where i was with treddy mm. and they had the wednesday night skate that has been like since the 90s or whatever mm-hmm. and that that third that wednesday night skate they had like 30 people Okay. There's nothing for New York. 30 people. The last time that I was there now, that was like 180 or something. And they say that they very often they have like 300 people now. Wow. But from those 180 people, the same 30 was there. Were yeah. there. Yeah. And then Clearly. you have another 150 <laughs> that all started through the pandemic. Yeah. It's insane the amount of people that... I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. I'm really curious yeah. to see. You know, it's, uh, I, you mentioned these uh, rollouts and stuff, and it's really funny that you mentioned it. And it's funny that it has to start with someone there. But it, I was in Mexico, in Guadalajara, Mexico, visiting some friends. And they were like, hey, we do this uh, thing on Sundays. It's called Recreativo or something like that, where they shut down every street in the major metropolitan area. And Guadalajara is the second largest city in Mexico. So from, I think, 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., the streets are shut down to cars. You can't even drive your car in there. But you can walk, you can run, you can hang out. I like active. Yeah, bikes. And there was so many bladers, so many roller skaters, people just cruising on the streets. And I was just like, this is, I wish they would do this more often in major metropolitan areas in the U.S., they do that really. a lot too. You know, when I was in Kuala Lumpur, oh, uh-huh. they also do that in Malaysia. There's the, but they don't do it every, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they do every second Sunday. Uh, okay. They stop it. And then they have always the same space, the same place. Mm-hmm. And then people just go and they use it for training. And it's cool because that's how people get to see other people that skate. That's how kids that go there to be their parents that see groups of people doing the same. Absolutely. But that's why it's important that we have these somehow organized groups. Yeah. But yeah, it, we can't do everything. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So what's coming next? Skate related. Skate related. Yeah. We're going to Skate Love, Barcelona. I've never been to Barcelona. I'm very excited. Do you dance on skates? Uh... <laughs> If I'm obliged, or maybe if I'm at the roller rink, if you finish those yeah, two exactly. beers, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll we'll see. <laughs> You've never been to Barcelona. I've never been to Barcelona. Yeah, I've heard it's a mecca for skating, and it looks amazing to to be out there. So I'm stoked. Yeah, it's cool. You can just skate everywhere. That's yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. And after that, for how long have you been? Are you going to stay in Europe? First time in Europe? Uh, yeah, this is my first time in Europe. I've never been. Um, I am in Portugal. I've been here for about a week and a half now, two weeks almost. So very stoked to be here. Uh, I've been very thankful to for you showing me around. It's been awesome. Mike's been a great host, so that's cool. Mike is, Mike is, Mike is editing this live. Mike is the guy right there yeah. changing from one camera to the other. You guys don't see it, but best, he's right there. Best quad skater I've ever seen, that's for sure. Just today? Or just like Yeah, man, this guy is killing it, killing it on the quads. So you go check it out. Go check out my boy. We'll put it right here. Like this, just yeah. But yeah, I've, uh, I've been just cruising and checking out the parks um, and... Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is, is, uh, Unity Jam in Hawaii. My friend Mayan Tamang, he put that on. Is he living in, is he, he living in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, he's from Hawaii. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, he's, I, he's got Polynesian roots. And so he's, he originally lived in Hawaii. I think he lived in Best Bay zero area. spin in the whole world. He's almost one of, I think he's one of the guys that did the leap of faith. Yeah. Almost, <laughs> la- almost landed the leap of very right, close yeah, to landing yeah. the leap of fate. Yeah, he's got some roots in New York, and so he's putting this uni jam on. He's just big fan. He's one of the guys that came back during the pandemic, and his son skates, who's awesome. And 
just uh, I think he's just a big fan of it and, and wanted to bring um, his idea was to bring breakdancing and blading together in a big hangout. So he invited a lot of the quads to do their thing and, and have a competition. So um, that's going to happen at the beginning of October. Um, I think some people are, are coming through. I'm really stoked. I think Alex is going to come through. <laughs> Maybe the them team, I don't know. But uh, it would be cool to to see uh, new faces in Hawaii because, you know, it's an island. We don't get too many people that visit. But, you know, a lot of people from the West Coast definitely visit. Uh, Victor was out there, Victor Arias and uh, Sean Keane. They were just hanging out and skating. Or Victor wasn't skating. He was hanging out. But I think he just had surgery on his hand is the reason he wasn't skating. Do, but, do you have kids? Do you I know, have kids? No, no. Do you have kids in Hawaii? Uh huh. Starting to skate. Do you see kids? Ah, uh, so yes. I, I I had a summer camp last year that I taught maybe like six or seven kids, um, and out of that group, I had these two girls who their dad their dad skates and I skate with him very often. But these two girls are um, they they put they put themselves out there. They film. They they do the vice. But they're they're young. Um, Sarai and Aria. They they're. Uh, some of my favorite students i love to go teach them but they started in the tra in transition and i was just like wowed by like them skating these bowls and um eventually i was just like hey like i asked their dad i was like hey do you want me to come around and like teach you guys like some stuff and hang out and he's like yeah sure let's do it so every once in a while whenever they're free we go skate and i'll try to teach them you know royales and soul grinds and things like that and nice. these girls are picking it up really quick and they really love it, it seems you know so um yeah, I'm really proud of proud of them. They're they're young still, so they got a lot of of uh, future ahead of them. So that's yeah. cool. That's a, it's like the we all say the same. We all say that we need kids. But Absolutely. Yeah. What are we doing for it? It's like yeah, we, we keep talking about it, and it's just like you know, really, it's just a matter of and, and going out and doing it. Doing it. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Whether, whether it's your, you know, nephew or niece or whoever, and just say, hey, you guys want to go skate and, like, just teach them. Yeah, like, uh, there was someone that I really respect from my hometown here. Someone that has a lot of influence in the whole town, whatever. He keeps on telling me, like, you need to find a day, one day, that is just keep on telling people. It's Sunday. Like, on Sundays from 4 to 5 p.m., I'm going to be at the promenade right by the beach whoever wants to skate i'm there and that's what he, he was he keeps on telling me you need to do that it's like you probably start with one kid every now and then that is never the same and if you keep on doing probably one year later you, you have like all kids in town yeah. it's like yeah i haven't found the time to do it but i've been trying to do something here with the space locally mm -hmm. i've also been trying to do more stuff like online because it's just hard to kind of like the stuff with family and try to do family and right. follow passions and all that stuff but <laughs> at the end of the day it's something that i really want to do because i think i just like myself know we need kids yeah yeah absolutely all good i think we're coming to an end thank you so much yeah. the, is there anything else that you would like to talk about uh, tell us about your experience here where you are like basically so yeah this is about this thing that we're doing now. Yeah. I was telling you kind of yesterday when I, I said I would like to do this with you. So basically the way that I feel about podcasts, like a couple of years ago, I used to do it mainly like via Skype and try to, to like make the calls. And it's, it was mainly audio at first. Yeah. And then it kind of felt like when the guys from Jump Street started doing their thing, it was just, I, I really thought it was like, that's so good. I don't even feel like I should be doing what I was doing before because I think they're just covering these things so good that for me it wasn't making sense. If we didn't have that many personalities for us to try to, they were just doing a good job. Period. Yeah, right, right. So I kind of felt like it, it wouldn't make sense for me to keep doing that. There would be so many other things. But now it kind of felt like through the pandemic, everyone started doing more and more that type of interview. And now with us having the shed here, the place where people <laughs> can come and stay. Yeah. I kind of felt like I wanted to do more of this stuff. Like I have people like you, yeah, like people coming around. And that's why I'm asking you, like, how, how, how has it been your experience here? Like, Yeah. So I definitely recommend the shed. 
<laughs> I, I recommend you all come visit uh, the shed and book a spot while you can. Um, because I, my experience has been pleasant. It's the town is very uh, special. It's it's nice. It's peaceful. Um, you know, safe, and I've just been hanging out. Um, you've been a great teacher, so that's been awesome. Ah, uh, come on, I'm not, I'm not yeah, yeah. <laughs> You did got a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, but not that's not the thing. It's like I'm I mean, but yeah, but the the I think that that you're there's a value here, right? So. Um, anybody wanting to have a little trip to to visit and stay in the shed? It's it's a nice place. The skate park's amazing here. The things you've done with the place is uh, very awesome. But um, I think the the value is just being able to meet you and and pick your brain about skating. And I think that anybody who loves skating and wants to learn, there's uh, one thing that you haven't. There's one thing that you haven't done yet. You oh, is that right? What's that? So basically, this is something that we've been trying to do here. <laughs> okay. I I want to, so I didn't show you yet, but basically I get a lot of products for these reviews and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And we want to make like a test station. So basically the whole idea is that, imagine, is there any frame you want to test? There, it's there. Ah, yeah. So you can just put it on your skates or anything that you want to tie. We've been... I've been wanting to try Kareem's frames, that's for sure. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I saw them over there. I was like, yeah, oh, so it's cool. a... But don't like whatever you want to try let me know it's like uh -huh. that's why they're there it's like uh, there's yeah, like yeah. all these things i also wanted to try to, like the right quad setup you know just like get the grind plates or the there's a couple different base ones. right so yeah yeah there's a couple different ones so that cool. the whole idea is that i was asking you basically because i would like to hear your opinion about it not just the park but like as uh, experience like being yeah. able to stay here and because i know it's a small town especially for people that has been living in bigger places also much more expensive places mm. how would it be to be in such a small place so i think if you're looking to train this would be a perfect spot for it. <laughs> <laughs> truth, truth, truth. Don't come for party. It's not that much of a party. No, place. no, no, not at all. It's but it's a very uh, relaxing space. Anybody that just you wanted to come learn some stuff and then relax, like this is the perfect place for it. So that's how I feel about it anyway. Awesome. So, yeah. Good. We'll make a barbecue tomorrow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All good. I've just been mostly eating pastel de nata anyway. So <laughs> We're not going to tell you what the pastel de nata is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Preston. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm happy that you you came around and I'm happy that we were yeah. able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Don't forget why we all started skating. You know why? Because it's fun. Because it's fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy.